As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait. Hey, Jets fans, welcome into another episode of the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn. One episode in the books, Zach. You feeling like a veteran at this point? Yeah. Connor, are you? Who? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Zach. I absolutely love it. You're just crushing the whole, you know, crush on Connor you thing. Know, this is to great. Be fair, I, I've, I've been spending way too much time with that guy. We went to like a Mets Phillies game on Saturday with some some people and I Actually, know. Just, just, I'll make fun of Connor real quick, and then we can move forward. <laughs> so, we, so we were planning. <laughs> Everyone on will this, appreciate that. Yeah, we yeah. were planning on going to the, the Phillies Mets game at, at City Field. Uh, my first time at City Field. Um, Connor, his uh, sister, his wife, our friend Andy, who also covers the Jets for NJ.com. Connor like goes ahead and buys three tickets for him, uh, his wife, and his sister, and he's like, "You guys buy these two seats behind us um, for like checking with us, really." And then we go to do it and like the, the seats behind them, we, you can either buy one ticket or three tickets. It's like they're not set <laughs> selling them as two. And so those tickets became not an option pretty quick. And then and then eventually, like all the seats were filling up and getting too expensive. So we wound up having standing room only behind. Oh, us. no. <laughs> yeah, and we had, you know, we had like a, a drunk Jets fan talking us up. We had a drunk Giants fan trying to tell me the Giants are going to win nine games. I had to walk away. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I blame Connor for that. It was still a fun game. It was like one to zero. Um, but yeah, Connor. Yeah, Degrom, right? Degrom pitched yeah, Degrom versus Nola, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Mets because you know my Yankees have not been doing too well lately, so you know it's a little a little salty over here. But <laughs> we'll move All past right, well, it. <laughs> we have plenty to get to. We are talking Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco, who's a superstar, and maybe even a little Jimmy Garoppolo into the conversation. We'll talk a little bit about the offensive line as well. Risers and fallers. Zach had a story out this week talking about that. We won't get into all of them, but some of the highlights there. Hint, another quarterback in the risers and fallers. Uh, but first, before we get to all of that stuff, something much more important. It was brought to our attention on Twitter. Uh, hats off to NYJ Matt. The Braxton Berrios 2022 Madden likeness. Marissa actually spotted it, passed it along to us. It's it's magical. Um, yeah, on the left, obviously, Braxton Berrios, what he really looks like. And then on the right, the EA Sports version. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I texted you guys. I mean, you wonder how this stuff happens. Like, did the graphic designer in charge of the Jets like have Braxton on his fantasy team last year? He got screwed at some point during the season. He was like, you know what? The heck with that guy. I'm going to just make him look like this. I, I don't know. Thoughts? Well, well, first of all, I would say the, the picture on the left isn't even like uh, an accurate one of Braxton because he got the slim shady <laughs> hair now. Right. Um, so it looks even less like him. I, I was thinking there's, there's an actor named uh, Paul Dano who played like the Riddler in the in the new Batman movie. And I think that's what the one on the right looks like. And that does not look like Braxton Berrios. That, but that's some I mean, Matt Madden needs to step up its graphics game. You play like NBA 2K. They get like everybody perfect. And that, Matt, like I'm sure there's some really bad ones. If you just go through the Jets roster, you can probably find some other bad ones. But that that's pretty bad. The thing about it that stands out is like Braxton Barris is kind of a no. I mean, within New York, obviously, he's a very popular player. And you expect like the last guy that barely made the roster. Maybe they didn't take the time to get his face right. But I mean, Barrios is a popular guy. He's a guy with a you know multi-year contract. It, it's surprising. But you mentioned the NBA. I guess less players. Maybe that's the one advantage they have versus uh, the full 53-man roster. But um, yeah. Braxton it, chimed now, in last night on Twitter, yeah. too, and said this yeah, is what egregious. He said, this is egregious. <laughs> <laughs> and also, maybe I shouldn't say this because I have to cover him, but I, I'm not feeling the Slim Shady look either, personally. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But I mean, uh, I, all right, I, let's... I, I'm saying that as someone who doesn't have much hair, so I shouldn't really say anything. <laughs> why I'm wearing let's move. Let's move on to Braxton Berrios' BFF. That is Zach Wilson, <laughs> who obviously the big news since we last recorded the injury during the first preseason game on Friday uh, from the, you know, that night and just Jets fans ready to throw in the towel and the negativity. And here we go again and everything you would expect. Actually, the news has been pretty positive since then. Uh, he's going to miss possibly four to six weeks. Arthroscopic surgery was successful on Tuesday, still waiting for an unsuccessful arthroscopic <laughs> surgery. But um, we'll start here, Zach. Um, four to six weeks, you would expect the Jets to be cautious, right? I know some people are like, oh, maybe if everything goes well, he could be there for, for week one. To me, especially when you consider they're playing the Ravens, that's just crazy. Yeah, Um like so, to start off, I should say when when the initial thing happened, obviously there was all that speculation that he tore his ACL. Um, everybody in the press box worried about that. I think I probably had four or five beat writers come up to me and be like, "Welcome to the beat, Zach. This is a <laughs> just something great." Like it's last week felt like it took an entire month between the Mackay Becton stuff and signing Dwayne Brown and, and what's happened actually when we were on the pot right before the pod. That's right. Um, and then and then the Zach Wilson stuff and then all the speculation. Like it was just a crazy few days. Um, and not, not like a, like a quarter or two after the injury happened, I had like had a source telling me that it, it maybe wasn't as bad as it looked like. Um, and it started seeming that way when you see Robert Sala after the game, um, he's doing the thing because he, the, the, the whole Makai thing was such a, a weird situation where he came out all optimistic. And then as you know, he's out for the year now. So as he was trying to, he was like really trying to temper his optimism, which you could tell, like he, he like wanted to say, like, it looks good. You know, he's, he said that the, the ACL is intact and. Um, and he's like really resisting saying how optimistic he is, even though it's like, you can kind of read it on his face that he like felt pretty good about where it was. And then, yeah, then, um, yeah, I mean, it, it could, I don't, based on where it started, uh, to where it is now, I'd say, um, it could, it's probably the best case scenario. There's still a lot of concerns here. I'd be shocked if he was there for week one. I don't see any way that happens because week one's in like 
like three and a half weeks, something like that. So, and he'd have to be back in time to practice for at least a full week. You would think you can't just throw him out there, especially against the Ravens. So I would think a more realistic goal is the Browns game. And I, I, I still think it's possible he misses that one too, just based on how, how, however the timeline goes, his recovery. Um, and then when he gets back, you wonder like how uncomfortable he's going to be. Is he going to be willing to run? Um, and he's missing a lot of valuable practice time. That's one thing uh, Salah said the other day. He's like, he, it's really unfortunate that he's missing these joint practices in particular uh, against even a team like the Giants because they have like a very unique like blitz package and it's going to be a good test for him. And that, I, I was kind of waiting for that to like start evaluating him. Um, his first series in that preseason game was pretty rough. He like threw it over a receiver's head and then threw a bad interception. So that's like the last image you have of him. And then he got injured, went on a play. He probably should have ran out of bounds, but um, he'll be back early in the season. But I, I would plan for Joe Flacco for at least a week. And it's pretty amazing that it's going to be going against the Ravens in week one, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it adds a layer, obviously, to the the drama of that game, just Flacco going against the team that he won a Super Bowl with. And the thing about Flacco, though, is he's he's looked great this summer. And in his, I guess, Tuesday, when he's out there really for, for one of the first times as QB1, he was incredible. I think you used the word dominant in your story. Ten straight completions uh, to, to kick things off. Ended up 14 of 17, four touchdowns, no picks. Um what are the as good as he's looked? Obviously, he's 37 years old. So, like, how do you weigh that? Like, he's looked tremendous. It's training camp versus yeah. we know this guy is past the prime that he once had when he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, it just goes back to the question is Joe Flacco elite? We have to ask that all over again. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think there there are multiple layers to this. I think on one hand, I think the ceiling is probably lower because Zach has like, you know, obviously more talent. Um whether he, you know, he's still developing as a quarterback and all that stuff, but like at the very least, our offense has better potential with him at quarterback. On, on the flip side, you know, I've talked to some people even around the league, and um, they think that it'll allow having Joe Flacco in there, someone who is who he is, and he like he thinks fast. You know, he's a game manager at this stage of his career. He's not going to like go and win you any games, but he can run Michael Ford's offense. And so I've heard people say this might even be better in terms of Michael Ford's ability to run his offense the way he wants to. So, so maybe these first few weeks, you see the offense maybe flowing a little better than it might if Zach Wilson was out there in week one. And I, I'm, I think you have to temper your expectations. Like, again, it's Joe Flacco is a veteran and he can't get hit in camp and he's quite slow. So I think he benefits from all of that. And that's maybe why he's, he's you know, doing like gangbusters these last few. I mean, he was like 14 <laughs> to 17 on Tuesday is what I counted. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think. I don't know if they're going to go and upset the Ravens and, you know, maybe the, I don't know if they'll beat the Browns with him. I mean, maybe they're a little more competitive in that game. I don't know, but um, long-term it's not ideal uh, for Zach to be missing this time, but I think you trust, they trust this team trusts Joe Flacco. Uh, I think he can run the offense. Maybe they're less dynamic, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's kind of, it's kind of like both ways. It's like you're, you, you need Zach out there so you can get a full evaluation, but if they want to like really, you know, see what this offense can look like when it's, uh, running the way before once it then i'm also interested to see what that looks like yeah and that's what we saw a year ago right when zach wilson was out we saw M mike white and joe flacco both look better in the offense than zach had and then zach looked a little better when he came back and and one of the things that we talked about on this podcast at the time was the benefits that zach actually got at that point from being able to watch those guys successfully run the offense that he had not successfully run early yeah. in the season in 2021. I feel like that, that benefits probably not the case now, right? Like he's injured now and there's, there's really nothing good 
about yeah. him being injured this time around. Yeah, yeah, the, it's the glass half full thing. It's like it could have yeah. been worse. It's kind of like the positive spin on this. But yeah, I mean, and this might be better for even like, you know, guys like Garrett Wilson and these tight ends and, you know, the, the other guys in the offense where they can kind of maybe learn a little better about where they need to be. Whereas Zach Wilson, a lot of his um, a lot of his throws kind of wind up being, you know, when he's scrambling around and just doing something off schedule. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of off schedule Joe Flacco throws. So this might be beneficial for like these receivers, like learning this offense with him. And again, like I, I don't know, it's, it's a very interesting spot because um, they need Zach Wilson to be good. But also, you don't know if he is yet. And if you're trying to develop this offense and figure out what you have, like, I don't know, it's like an interesting back and forth. And it, this is definitely not beneficial for Zach specifically right. missing all this time. I think that needs to be said because th this training camp time is very important to getting into chemistry with these receivers and these tight ends. And it's a pr really new offense. They have a new left tackle now. He hasn't played with him a single snap yet. Um, so I, it, it's it could get bumpy when he comes back, honestly. And that's you don't want to start off too slow because the beginning of their schedule is pretty hard. Yeah, it is a brutal start. We're going to get to that uh, new left tackle as well. One more thing on the quarterbacks before we move on, though, and that is a quarterback gets hurt this training camp, and you're always going to hear the name Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. because he's just out there. The 49ers are willing to to trade him to anyone, just like raise your hand, <laughs> and, and nobody's raised their hand. Like Go ahead. What's that? I was saying he's not even practicing with them right now because so, they're right. trying to trade Yeah, him. he's – Fourth, fourth string, um, I think, on that team, even though he obviously took them to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, Zach Wilson expected to be back after a couple of weeks. It doesn't seem like a good fit. But so why do we still hear all this chatter about Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, it, part of it with the Jets, too, like it was happening like so fast. Right? Like it was simultaneous with him getting hurt. It was like, Jimmy G's coming. It's a lock. I'm like, right. maybe we wait to see if he actually tore his ACL instead of <laughs> thing that all the Twitter doctors. But um there's connections to the Jets staff, as I think is why people make think it's like right. such an obvious fit. You know, Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur are both in San Francisco. LaFleur in particular was his like passing game coordinator. I don't really know what they think of Jimmy G from their time there. I mean, there's a lot of stories coming out now about how Jimmy G maybe not the best teammate. Um, he like disappears for the offseason and coaches and players can't really get a hold of him, which is not ideal for a guy you want to lead. But I don't know. I, it never really made that much sense to me because, first of all, I think people don't really seem to believe how high the Jets are on Joe Flacco and Mike White. I think they legitimately are. I think both those guys, they view as starting caliber. They keep saying that over and over again. I mean, they, they could be making that up, I guess. But um, I think they believe in those guys. And on, and on top of that, like Jimmy G makes like 20 million. And you're going to have to inherit that entire salary. They don't really have that much cap space. And I like the Jets are like serious contenders this year. So I don't know what a one year of Jimmy G does compared to like just having Joe Flacco out there. Um, like I get the connection. He knows the offense and, in theory, he's better than their options now, but he also is coming off a shoulder injury. Like I, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense considering where the Jets are at to like trade assets for a guy like that. So, I mean, this will probably come up again. Like, you know, there's gonna be times where Zach Wilson looks bumpy, like I said, or Joe Flacco looks like the Joe Flacco that is two and sixteen in his last eighteen starts, um, and then maybe Jets fans start panicking. But I, I just, I just don't see them trading for Jimmy G. And the time's ticking for the for uh, San Francisco too, right? I mean, there's yeah. a point where the the contract becomes guaranteed, and they have to to move him before then. Yeah. So, yeah, the maybe the asking price gets lower and lower. But I would imagine Zach Wilson, unfortunately, probably won't be the only quarterback in the NFL to get hurt this summer. It's just kind of you know, it's it's <laughs> the NFL. Not, yeah. So, yeah, so I would imagine Jimmy G's gonna. 
be moved at some point. All right, you mentioned the the new left tackle, Dwayne Brown. Uh, we found that out this week when he gets practice that George Font officially moving to the right side. Uh, Dwayne Brown will play where he has played his entire career in the NFL, and that is on the left. I, I don't think anybody's – have you gotten a chance to talk to Fant yet? Oh, Not yet. I think we're supposed to talk to him like tomorrow or Friday. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's like a, a very like – interesting part of it because right. he played so well left tackle i think he's been pretty open about the fact that he wants to be a left tackle he's in his contract year if there's one player that he would have been willing to move for it's probably dwayne brown they've ironically dwayne brown um he got traded to the seahawks because george fan tore his acl one year and that pushed george fan to right tackle back then too when he came back so it's happening again i mean it, this is just the best five in terms of their offensive line it's kind of their, their only you're not going to play a 37 year old at a new position this late in his career and I don't know it, it, it's a very interesting thing and you know the contract the details came out on Dwayne Brown's contract it's a it's a two-year deal it's like a pretty legit two-year deal they can get out of it after this year but they take a pretty big cap hit um which a little I mean they spread they wanted to spread out the cap hit this year is why they did that but so you're in, in theory they're going to be entering next season with a 38 year old left tackle I don't they could cut him again if, it, if it's a disaster this year or whatever but um yeah I don't know it's uh it's interesting because Salah, before Beckton had gotten hurt, he'd been talking about how important it is to get all five guys out there together at the same time. Dwayne Brown still hasn't really started yet. George Fant only recently started practicing at right tackle. They have a new left guard in Lincoln Thomas and Elijah Vera Tucker's at a new spot in right guard. So it's another thing where you might start seeing some, uh, you know, bumps and, you know, some rustiness from this O-line to start the year, which isn't ideal, again, when you're going against the Ravens and their defense and the Browns and they have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and um, – so you're, I'm a little concerned about that, but the talent is certainly there for this to still be a good O-line. Yeah, maybe better. I think maybe better than than it was a year ago. Um, you mentioned uh, Dwayne Brown and and being on the left side, getting in, obviously in with this team, but from all accounts, he's at least coming in in fantastic shape, right? It seems like everybody that's seen him has said he looks, he's 37, but he looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was that, before they signed him. Even Joe Douglas went on the radio and said that he was in amazing shape. Um, I think that one thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on is when he was in with the Seahawks last year, they gave him rest days like pretty frequently. I, th- I think he missed like a lot of the practices during the season just because they were giving veteran rest days and he played every game. So it worked out. So I'm curious to see if how did the Jets do that. You know, he wasn't in OTAs or minicamp with anyone. So I, I feel like he probably needs to get conditioned back into even if he was working out on his own playing shape is a little different. Um, so that's gonna be something to keep an eye on. And, and again, like this, this goes back to the original problem they had when when Beckton was here is they don't have depth behind those two. Like Max Mitchell, I think is pretty clearly not ready to start. Uh, you don't really want to play Chumui Daga, who's banged up right now. Connor McDermott's out, and he wasn't playing particularly well. So you're kind of back to the point where you're like, we can't really afford for Dwayne Brown to get hurt or we're in trouble again. Yeah, let the guy rest. So the 37 year old left tackle blocking for the 37 year old quarterback. Amazing to think about that Great when point. you think about this Jets. They came in the same draft class. Oh yeah, too. yeah. this Jets team overall yeah. so young, and then you have two of your most important yeah. positions, yeah. or maybe your two most important positions, just thirty-seven-year-old guys looking for that one last uh, bit I, of glory. I think that. Yeah, I think that I think Flacco and Brown are older than like many of the position coaches on this yeah. team. Actually, older than the floor too. Yeah, they're it's it's pretty wild. That's pretty rare to have like that young of a staff and like two guys that are 
have been around since like some of these coaches were in the league, like Miles Austin and stuff like that. Yeah, that is crazy. All right, let's um, let's take a short little break, and it, it's an enjoyable break. Manscaped's back with us for a little bit, so we'll enjoy this <laughs> this read, um, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about risers and fallers, and and what to expect with two preseason games coming up next week. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Just so you know, Zach, we definitely would have made Connor read that ad. (laughs) How was it it reading some of those lines for you? It seemed like it was pretty enjoyable. It was awkward (laughs) and slightly uncomfortable, but uh, we do what we do. We we are proud of our sponsors. We love our sponsors. Oh, yeah, we love it. We love love all of our sponsors. It's funny, we we do that and we still get the comments in the chat about, (laughs) I don't know if you saw this one. Uh, Marissa, about the two Jets, the two 37-year-old Jets will be fine because they both eat Magic Spoon for breakfast. Mm. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> very, very nice. Love our so, commenters. Yes. But, all right, let's move on. Uh, you had a story out earlier this week, Zach, and it's a good time to do this, I think, through one preseason game, two to go. Risers and fallers on this Jets team. We're going to stay positive for the most part and stick to mostly risers. I have, I think, one one or two fallers at the end. Um, but the the impressive thing about, I think, the list of risers that you have is this is a team, and one of its strengths, by all accounts, is going to be the defensive line. And you have other guys already stepping up in those positions to almost just add the depth to that level because you already know who the main guys are going to be. Let's start with Michael Clemens. Uh, seven quarterback pressures against the Eagles. He's an older rookie, but you see him on TV and – He's a massive guy. Yeah, he's been like the talk of camp for the last like week or so. He, uh, Robert Sala keeps comparing him to Debo from the Friday franchise, which if you've seen those movies, he's like a very large, intimidating man who like doesn't take crap from anyone. It's kind of the idea. And so um, by Clemens, he's very intimidating. Like there was there was a play in practice the other day. Uh, I forget which running back it was, but a running back like caught a pass. And it, I wish there was a photo because Michael Clemens was like trailing right behind them. And if it wasn't a game he would have just absolutely destroyed that guy and like, just, you know, yeah, it would have been, would have been rough, but he, uh, he's, he's, he's impressed me quite a bit. He's, he's large, he's strong. He's like more athletic than I thought he, he's been having a really good camp. I think he's kind of forcing his way onto the field. I, I almost feel like he's more ready to play than Jermaine Johnson right now, which I'm not sure I expected, but like, like you mentioned, he is older. He's like 25, I think already, which is really old for, I mean, he's older than Zach Wilson. He's older than some guys in their third year. Um, yeah, he's, he's a guy that's – I think he's almost forcing his way into the rotation, though there's so many defensive line. Like, as you said, I wrote this article, and I think most of the people I put under risers were defensive linemen at the end of the day. Um, like, it's a very deep group. I'm very interested to see what they do with, like, some of these guys who they're not going to be able to keep all of them. So is Joe Douglas trying to make calls and 
you know, either get draft picks or other players or whatever. But um, yeah, Michael Clemens is a guy that's really stood out to me. And I think the fan base seems to be really hyped on him too. And he's the kind of guy that they're going to really like because he's going to, he's going to light somebody up at some point this season and it's going to be wild. Yeah. It's just, he's, he, he looks the part that's for sure. Um, Another one more of the defensive linemen that I wanted to mention uh, for different reasons really is Jabari Zuniga. And the reason is this is a guy who obviously, you know, was drafted by this team and there was some pretty fairly high expectations and he's been basically a disappointment through two seasons. But now season three going into it, at least finally kind of figuring it out. Is that fair to say? Or what do you think the difference has been? Yeah, you know, he he really has made plays in camp. He, I think he had a sack or two in the game against the Eagles. I can't remember. Um, yeah, you know, he he's, he's he was kind of the forgotten man in this group because they added all these guys. They signed all these free agents. They drafted Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens and um you know, but he he's a guy that I really think of when when I said, like, I wonder if Joe Douglas is shopping these guys around because I, I, I just don't see a path to him getting on the field unless they're higher on him than a guy like Jacob Martin or or Jermaine Johnson or something like that. So I, I, I could see him being a guy that gets traded because I think he'd get scooped up if they cut him on the waiver wire. He's like one of those cut down guys. But yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, you didn't go into camp expecting much of Jabari Zuniga just based on what his first couple of years were like, but he, he stood out and um they're gonna have a really tough decision ahead of them when it comes to the roster cuts and he's one of the hard ones all right let's move to the offensive side of the ball and i actually added this one this morning because uh you got to talk to the assistant coaches this morning via zoom and one of the guys you talked to was taylor Embry, who's the running backs coach uh and he had some fun things to say but zonovan knight when he you know when they signed him I think everybody was just excited about this guy's name. It's, yeah. it's a fantastic name. But and then he they comes call him out. Bam Knight. They call him what? Bam Knight. His nickname is Bam. Bam. Gotcha. And he has, he's been really good. And obviously this is a team that has probably 1A and 1B at running back. But where does he kind of fit in as far as trying to find a spot on the roster? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he has again. He's another guy that's just made plays throughout camp. A lot of it's been against the backups, but um, you know, they're, they have they're pretty deep at running back. You have you have the two that are locked in in uh, Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Um, feel pretty good about Tevin Coleman probably making the team as like the veteran third guy. So, and if they keep a fullback, Nick Bowden, then you know, you're you're wondering if they keep four, would they keep five running backs or would they keep four and cut bottom? But he he's in the mix for like that extra spot if they keep another one. I would say he's. Competing with the guys like Michael P. Ryan and and uh, Ty Johnson, um, I think he's been better than both of those guys. But I, I think they probably figure they can get him through their practice squad. Like it's a risk when you cut guys like that, especially he had a touchdown in the preseason game. He keeps playing well. Um, teams always need running backs, backups, and stuff like that. But he feels like a practice squad guy. But I would not be shocked either if he made the fifty-three. Well, even with the, just a warning. The- oh, go ahead, Marissa. No, I was just going to say that that with Wilson's injury, they're going to have to keep three quarterbacks on the roster, yeah. which which eliminates a spot from one of these other positions. So that's obviously something to keep in mind. Yeah. For plus, those how you, guys. plus, how do you cut Chris Trevler? Maybe they keep four, four quarterbacks. Right. Hey, whoa, whoa, exactly. whoa. We got, I have a whole segment for Chris <laughs> oh, Trevler coming up. So don't get uh, t- carried away. I was going to say, though, you mentioned you got to be careful, Zach. You mentioned Ty Johnson. He's a turf. Yes. Uh, yeah. Marissa, are you going to be OK if he's not on this roster? Well, 
No, but I know he'll end up somewhere. So <laughs> confident. Yeah, he'll get know? picked up by somebody. Yeah. yeah, turtles land on their feet. So, you know, be all right. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that true? Do you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up right now. So <laughs> don't they have like a little maybe they go really slow? Yeah, slow and steady, you know, but <laughs> maybe so depending on how uh, running back. <laughs> maybe depending on how uh, disgruntled running backs you know, turn out in Cleveland. Maybe there's a spot for Ty Johnson. Hey, I don't, I don't there know. You go. Yeah. Never know. know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Time for Chris Strebler. You mentioned him. And yeah. um, I think I texted you at some point after the game uh, on <laughs> Friday night. Can't wait for the Chris Strebler hype this week. And it hasn't. It's it's been disappointing. I'm going to be honest. Like Jets fans have been very realistic about who Chris Strebler is. I was Wasn't hoping that. Well, that's true too. I was hoping it'd be over the top. Like he, here's the guy. Like forget Mike. Moving on from Mike White. Forget Joe Flacco. Chris Strebler led us to the victory. Um, but the guy is a great story. I mean, he played. Spot in my heart. I I spent two and a half years living in South Dakota. He played college football mm-hmm. at South Dakota. Uh, couldn't didn't get drafted. Couldn't find a job in the NFL. Went north of the border. Played a couple of years in Canada for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Remember, Winnipeg's hockey team is the Jets. Little tie in there. Uh, he won a Grey Cup championship up there where he was kind of the backup and then he came and filled in. I don't want to give too much away, but because I know you're going to you're going to write a little bit about him at some point, Zach. But um, this guy is is fun. Like this is the guy you want to be somewhere on the roster, not necessarily playing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he. It's pretty amazing what he was honestly able to do on Friday because uh, if you look at it, like he hadn't gotten a single team rep in training camp. So like he wasn't really getting reps with his teammates, essentially. Like, he was getting throws off to the side after practice like because he's the fourth quarterback. And then he got thrown in there and he played most of the second half and outplayed Mike White. He led the game-winning touchdown drive. Um, so yeah, I think he's earned himself at least a spot on the practice squad. Um, but yeah, and he like you said, he has a very interesting story. Like I, I texted a photo to the group um because when they won the the what is it, the great cup yeah when they won the great cup they had like a parade and I, I talked to him the other day for like something i'm working on and i showed him the photo and then he he told me that he he had planned he had said earlier in the season he, he so he's wearing a fur coat with no shirt on and like a cowboy hat and, uh, a and cigar. he said he had to wear yeah and a cigar in his mouth he was telling me that like somebody from the crowd like threw him a gold chain that he caught and he put that on and he said people were like throwing beer cans and wine full wine bot- bottles of wine at them <laughs> to like drink, I guess. I don't know. It was just wild. So he, that's where he started his career. And then he's just like bounced around. He was with the Cardinals, played a little bit for them. Uh, Ravens and Dolphins, I think even within this off season. Um, and then the Jets came calling because they just wanted a training camp arm. And now he's getting legit reps. And um, yeah, he's got, he's a fun story. He's got a fun personality. Um, and those are the kind of guys in training camp that you, that you fall in love with because the, the way they got here is always interesting. And I, he's earned himself a spot in the practice squad at the least. Um, whether they want to keep four quarterbacks, I guess, is the question. But can't hurt to have a guy like that around, I think. Yeah, he's going to be in the room. And I think your next in-depth uh, feature story should be the oral history of the 2019 Great Cup Championship game. What do you think? <laughs> I like it, yeah. <laughs> I like- By the way, I just because we're talking about the QB room, I was just thinking about, like, fans are all talking about training for Jimmy G and all this stuff. If you just look at this QB room compared to – I was even looking 2019 how bad it was. Their quarterbacks that you were Sam Darnold, David Fales, Luke Falk, and Trevor Simeon. I think they have three, three if not four quarterbacks that are maybe better than all of them right now. So I think, like, I, I know 
whenever you have to play a backup, but you're probably not going to be as good. But this this is the better one of the better quarterback rooms they've had in a long time. Yeah, you can say that for a lot of positions, I think, right? Like you've yes, got the receiver core, true, the, yeah. the corner, the secondary. The, the, very it is, true. That's what's happening with the Jets, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the talent level has risen. Joe Douglas has done that. We're going to see if it if it translates to to wins, I guess, or losses on the field. Um, all right, so I think we've given enough uh, shout outs to, to Chris Streveler. Um, we'll see how he does. The <laughs> rest on the of podcast, the, yeah. How I mean, he's going to get, I would think, still significant time, right? The rest of the preseason with Zach out, and you're not going to want to yeah. play Joe Flacco very much. Yeah, I'm, I am curious to see how that plays out. I mean, that's something we'll ask. Uh, uh, them this week because they're because they have those joint practices which are pretty good reps for Joe already so maybe he plays a series each game they don't want to risk it like they did with Zach bringing him out there for a second series and so that leaves you know three three other quarters to split between Mike White and and Strebler. so um, I hope he does I mean like yeah, it's he's he's a fun player to watch in the preseason that's for sure yeah he can run in that Grey Cup championship game he threw he wasn't the starter but they used him because of his athleticism threw a touchdown pass caught a uh, caught a pass and ran for 30 yards in the victory. So uh, that's... You have, the, so much, you have so much CFL knowledge. Who knew? <laughs> uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Wikipedia is your friend. Yeah, um, <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's do a couple of fallers. Um, We did a good amount of uh, risers. One of them that stood out to me in your story, just because he's a guy in Ashton Davis that I feel like when you think about that 2020 draft class and how disappointing it has been overall, he's been like this one guy that there was like this hope, like, okay, he was a project. He could become something. He was the third round pick in that class that's been so bad. And now he's a faller, you know, this summer just hasn't been able to, to kind of keep up with some of the other guys battling in the secondary. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, so we do this, like the beat writers do this, like 53 man roster prediction. And they, 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 it's due like at the beginning of the preseason is the way they do it, which is a different form of doubt with the past. I kind of like it because you're like guessing what's going to happen in the preseason and stuff like that. But anyway, so I got the safety and I was having a really hard time with Ashton Davis because on one hand, He's a guy they drafted in the third round like two years ago. And I think they pedigree sometimes does matter in these situations. But on the flip side of that, I don't think I've like noticed him a single time in a, throughout camp. But for a guy that is fighting for a roster spot, that is never a good sign. Um, I, I think they like him. He works hard. He, you know, he's got like interesting size and athleticism, which is why he drafted when he was. But yeah, he just kind of he just kind of faded from the conversation quite a bit. And Jason Pinnock, who they drafted last year, is like clearly ahead of him. I think the coaching staff loves him. He's the third safety. I think they want him to start eventually. Uh, maybe replace LaMarcus Joyner. But yeah, I'm, I'm not optimistic that Davis is going to make this team. Maybe he does. Maybe he bounces back in these preseason games. He'll get some playing time. LaMarcus Joyner's been out. I'm sure Jordan Whitehead's not going to play a lot. 
So he's really gonna have an opportunity to show what he can do. But yeah, it's uh it's unfortunate because you know he was a high that 2020 draft class just with each passing day looks worse and worse. It's just rough. I guess. So the- wait, Zach, we 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 do have to chime in here because you know That's I right. do produce birds with friends, and you did say that this was going to be a ho- your oh, homework Elijah assignment. Riley. Elijah Riley, how how has he looked in comparison <laughs> to Ashton Davis? Well, I I tweeted this out. Bo, well, Bo was at the game actually, but Elijah Riley was, was one of the captains for yeah. the, the pre game mm-hmm. toss. So um, I thought that was a big moment for Bo at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I said on the birds with friends when he asked me about it because I wasn't expecting the Elijah Riley question. <laughs> I haven't noticed him still. I, th- okay. he, I think he'd make the practice squad though because he's just like a veteran guy. Um, okay. But yeah, unfortunately, he's stood out about as much as Ashton Davis. Mm. Okay, good <laughs> Sorry, to know. Had to chime in on that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, it's funny the 2020 <laughs> class. You think third round Ashton Davis, and then the 2021 draft class, fifth round they got Pinnock. It just kind of that's a great comparison of those drafts and and how they've kind of played out. One being just bad, and the other. It's continuing to look really good um, so far as far as Pinnock uh, as a fifth rounder. If he's in that third spot and then eventually becomes a starter, like it's just impressive depth out of that draft for Joe Douglas. All right, one more faller. I originally had Ty Johnson in this list because of Marissa, but we already touched on him. So, um, but we, when given the opportunity, we have to mention Denzel Mims. So go ahead, Zach. I thought yeah, he was playing better, but not so much. That's the thing. It's like he's like so tantalizing with his talent because he had in that game, even he had a good catch. He had two catch for 25 yards, and then he had a back to back stretch where I think he had a drop and a penalty. Um, and then in practice on uh, Tuesday, he had this like amazing catch from Strebler. Uh, actually, he it was like a 50 50 ball up in the end zone, and Denzel Mims went up and grabbed it over a guy named Luke Barku, which is a great name. Unfortunately, he got cut later that day. So yeah. his last moment with the Jets was getting mossed by Denzel Mims. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's just like day to day, just like the wild like shifts. Like, I mean, you don't you don't love to see that, and I'm sure the coaches would rather some consistency. But I don't know. I the talent is there, and it'd be hard to just straight up cut a guy like that. But he, he they're trying to work him in on special teams. I, I think they they've been keep saying how he's a work in progress. There, he doesn't really get much run with the ones. Um, but again, like that, you guys don't have that size and speed combo very often. So I I don't know. I I, I still feel like they're gonna try and trade him. You know that you saw a trade the Eagles just did uh, with the Seahawks, where they swapped JJ Arcega Whiteside, who was also a second-round pick, for a defensive back who was a high pick for the Seahawks. Like I think that's probably what Joe Douglas is looking for right now. You just can't have a fifth or sixth receiver that like doesn't contribute on special teams. And if he's not playing a lot, then he's probably going to be inactive on game day because you know are, are you really going to play him over Jeff Smith? Probably not. Um, you know they have an undrafted guy in Calvin Jackson who's stood out more than him. So. I, I am very curious to see how this plays out. You know, yeah, again, he has these next two preseason games and the joint practices to, to really like make a case for himself, whether it's with the Jets or with 31 other teams. But yeah, it was hard for me to put him anywhere but followers because I, he did not stand out enough in that preseason game to like help himself. I don't think, and he hasn't he's not, hasn't been consistent enough in practice to where you can be like, all right, maybe he's has a case to stick around. So. Um, I know that's not what the fans want to hear because they're obsessed with him. But and that catch was amazing on Tuesday. So yeah. if he has more of that, then maybe the next time we talk, it'll be a positive thing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you mentioned Barku. He was cut along with Derek Kelly, uh, Timmy Ward, and wide receiver Rashard Davis. Those are the the cuts so far uh, this week. All right, looking at the chat, Marissa, anything brewing in there? Well, it was a good segue talking about uh, potential trades there and referencing the Eagles trade. Is there a player that you think could be moved within the next week or two or a or a position group that you think Joe Douglas might be targeting? 
Yeah, I've actually been thinking about this a little bit. Um, in terms of guys that I think would make sense in possible trades, I, I think you could include guys in the running back room like a Ty Johnson or a Michael B. Ryan. Um, Jabari Zuniga is someone that stands out in terms of that. Um, I'm trying to think there was someone else I had on my mind for for this. Um, yeah, I, and I, in terms of what they would trade for, I would say, I mean, everybody's looking for an offensive lineman, so it's hard to find those. But I would say an offensive lineman, maybe a safety because – after Pinnock, I'm not sure they have anyone to be that fourth safety that you really trust. Um, another guy that I think that would make sense is Brandon Eccles, uh, corner. He's a guy that like was a starter for them last year, and now they have such depth at corner that they don't really need him. And I think teams are always looking for corners. So I think they, they definitely have some valuable guys that they can move. Um, and Mike White is even a name that if a team becomes quarterback desperate, like maybe they, a team trades for him to be their backup or whatever. So it's weird. It, it's funny talking about it because, this, again, this is like my first camp with the Jets. It feels like they have depth at all these spots. Yeah. So they have the ability to trade away talent, which, like, yeah. I, I imagine that it's been a long time since anyone could say that. And it's not like I think they're gonna. this is going to be like a 10-win team, obviously. But the fact that you can sit here in, in August and be like, oh, they have too many good defensive ends. Oh, they have too many good corners. They got to get rid of one of them. Like, it's a good spot to be in for sure. Yeah, the story has always been at this time of year, like, the Jets checking out the waiver wire, seeing what players yeah. they can grab that are better than the yeah. not good players on the roster. So it's it's a it's a good change for sure to have that kind of depth. Which All right. the Jets have a the third position in the waiver wire. Yeah, because they yeah. third or fourth because it's the draft. I think so. They right. were fourth pick, right? So I think they'll be like fourth, which is a good spot to be in. So right. they'll be able to. So that's the thing with the fifty-three man rosters is like the the initial one comes and then these players hit right. the waivers and. So I imagine Joe Douglas would be active, but not like he doesn't need to be as active as he probably was the last couple of years. Right. Yeah. Cool. Anything we haven't talked about, Zach? I think we've covered it all. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about golf at all. I don't have. <laughs> That's true. Do actually, we didn't even ask. Do you golf? I do not. I okay. Connor is one of many people that keeps trying to get me to do it. I lived in Arizona for a long Ooh. time, and I still never took up golf. I I, I want to. I always said I don't have the like focus or you know patience to be good at golf like i, I was hey if connor to, if connor has the focus true. and patience to do it <laughs> i can't think anyway. i don't have an excuse anymore actually. sorry connor um, <laughs> I, I am i am i fear if i did start how often connor would be hitting me up to try and go and golf mm. with him i don't know but um, I, I should do it because my, my one of my brothers golfs all the time too and i have friends that do and it's something to do on the road and stuff but yeah i, I do not golf uh, if i do start golfing then i'll have stories to tell about how terrible it's going yeah, we'll definitely we'll we'll get those on here. We'll probably lead with them every week. So just to yeah, keep, yeah, people love it when we do that out here. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this uh, edition of the show. If you want to read all the great stories we mentioned, risers and fallers, all the great stories that Zach is working on, you can join the Athletic right now for one dollar a month for six months. Theathletic.com/slash can't wait is the place to go for that. Uh, We mentioned two games next week because they play Monday night and then Sunday. We'll be checking in in between those two games with the next episode of the Can't Wait podcast. Talk to everybody then.